When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Discover. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. That means no waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. From APM, American Public Media, and WNYC, this is Freakonomics Radio on Marketplace. Here's the host of Marketplace, Kai Rizdahl. Time now for a little bit of Freakonomics Radio, that moment in the broadcast every couple of weeks where we talk to Stephen Dubner, the co-author of the books and the blog of the same name. It is the hidden side of everything. And Dubner, you know what? I'm especially glad to have you back this week. You know why? <laughs> I know why. You do. I know. You sent me something. I love it when you send me things. I sent you something. What can I tell you? I'm a benevolent kind of fella. <laughs> That's um, right. So go ahead, Kai. O- open up your little package. All right. Here, here we go. All right. It's a little bubble wrap envelope with an envelope inside. Very careful. Very careful. With uh, okay, so uh, it's back of Marlboros, uh, Marlboros, and uh, I don't smoke, dude. Believe it or not, I'm trying to help you stay trim. All right, so I, I want you to listen to Kip Viscusi, who's an economist at Vanderbilt who studies smoking. All right. Well, one thing is that if you give up smoking, you'll gain some weight. May not be enough to make you morbidly obese, but it'll make you a little heavier. All right, so here's the hidden side, right? It's the unintended consequences of giving up. You smoking. are learning, yeah. my friend, Kai. So <laughs> how, how here's long the have thing. we been doing this segment? A couple of years, but you're That's getting right. there. All you right. know, so um, our smoking rate in this country has been falling dramatically, which is fantastic news. But there's a hidden side to that, as with everything. Now, listen, I am not saying that smoking is a good way to fight weight gain. Let me be clear, okay? Yes. It is not, and smoking is bad for you, Very. but. This is an instructive lesson about trade-offs because I want to talk today about another weight-related trade-off having to do with our economy. So, Kai, let me ask you this question. What do you think that the Great Recession has done to our collective waistline? Yeah, okay. I'm going to go with my gut. It's a bad thing, right? Because uh, people are going to McDonald's for the dollar menu and all that stuff, right? And thus we're, we're we're getting fatter. That is a fantastic guess, and and you may you might even be right this time. <laughs> you, some, usually with you, some, I'm wrong, but anyway. Usually you are, but some research suggests that you may be right, but there's other research that hmm. suggests the opposite. So let me play the opposite. Here's Christopher Room, who's an economist at the University of Virginia. Okay. What we've learned over the last decade or so is an initially surprising fact that when times are bad, people get healthier over many dimensions. And one of those appears to be obesity. So that, for example, if my income is down, I don't go out to eat as often. And meals eaten out of the home are probably less healthy and more caloric. All right. Makes sense on its face, but I'm still not convinced. Well, you know, here's the thing. Obesity is one of those problems that has a lot of different causes, right? And not all of them are obvious. You were right to focus on the relationship between dollars and calories. That is incredibly important to consider. I mean – 
Think about this. For the vast majority of human civilization, it was a big struggle for us to provide enough affordable calories for everyone. Right. But over the past few generations, we have gotten very, very good, particularly rich nations like ours, at making calories abundant and delicious and cheap. The markets have given us exactly what we wanted, and now we are dealing with a side effect. Well, so are you saying then we should intervene in the markets and make those calories more expensive? I mean, well, look, I'm not a I'm not a big <laughs> intervener kind of guy, that's right. but that's the right question to ask. Let's go back to your cigarettes that okay. I sent you, okay? And and talk about how the incentives work. Okay. That pack I sent you cost, believe it or not, twelve bucks <gasps> here in New no York. No way, really. And about half of oh that was taxes. Now. Economists generally agree that cigarette taxes have helped drive down smoking. So if you raise the price of cigarettes a little bit, consumption falls. Mm -hmm. And that is why, if you want to talk about obesity now, some people like the idea of a fat tax, mm -hmm. which is a tax on fat foods, not fat people, by the way. And they, they've <laughs> no. tried this in Denmark and Hungary, and there's some talk of trying it here. Yeah, but that's never going to fly, right? It is a classic regressive tax. Yeah. It would hit harder low-income people than high-income right. people, which makes it tough. Another tough sell is to change the food subsidies coming out of Washington, right? So there's billions of subsidy dollars that now go to corn and wheat and soy, none of which are mm. bad in and of themselves, but – products of those get turned into very, very, very cheap additives in junk food. So right. one argument is that we should shift those subsidies toward things like, you know, fruits and vegetables. So it's cheaper, cheaper. to yeah. eat healthier. Which yeah. makes sense. All right. So so do me a favor next time you send me something. Yeah. Make it fruits or vegetables or um, beer actually would be good too. You could send more beer. All right? I will, light, light beer. It's, it's on uh, the way. No, no, right. not light beer, but that's a whole nother segment. Stephen Dubner, Freakonomics.com is the website. He's back in a couple of weeks. See ya. My pleasure, Kai. Thank you. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Cars.com. Have you heard about the Your Garage feature on Cars.com? Here's how it works. You add your car to your garage to track its market value and cash in when the time is right to sell. Track both your car's historical and projected value. When it's time to sell, easily secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Cook up a meal in a full kitchen, unpack and stay organized with the in-room alpha closet system, plus bring your pet and have your best friend by your side. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy.